Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. If you guys have been listening to Ask Women for a while, you probably know my voice associated with some cynicism, maybe some jokes you are not a fan of, or maybe you are a fan of because you've got great taste. Well, either way... I've come a long way from that cynical gal, and I'm doing amazing things helping guys get their banter and conversation skills on track, as well as making those dating profiles look not so terrible. Or dare I say good? No, dare I say great. I get them looking great. And I've been doing it long enough now that I'm seeing actual results coming in from guys that I've worked with, like, you know, for example, engagements, things like that. I have to say, I feel pretty good about my skills, and those dudes do too. So if you want to be smooth and witty in conversation or smooth and witty in your profile, you know who to come and see. And that's me, Kristen. And I'm at kristenandchill.com. All of my stuff is up there if you guys want to hit me up and uh, get my help. So again, kristenandchill.com. Charm more than just her socks off. Want to know the hidden meaning behind what women say and do? Then check out The Chictionary. It's the Wing Girl Methods manual that gives you a full rundown of all the things women say that confuse men written in dictionary format. Go get a copy of The Chictionary by going to winggirlmethod.com slash chick. That's winggirlmethod.com slash chick. Coming up on this week's episode of the Ask Women podcast, we have my coach on the line with us, Adam Wayne slash Stuart slash Burgadoff slash... No, I don't know what his last name is. And he didn't even tell us at the very end. And you'll hear why I'm mentioning that once you listen to this episode. But he is on the call with us and he is going to talk about how to be vulnerable and how to communicate things to others, especially women, without feeling like you're insulting yourself, putting yourself down, or putting a negative spin on who you are. So keep listening. Hey, welcome to the Ask Women podcast, where you get real advice straight from the source, women. I'm your host, Kristen Carney, along with your other host, Marnie Kinris. And this week, we have a very special guest who works behind the scenes with Marnie and helps entrepreneurs get unstuck. Adam Wayne, welcome to the show. Hey, ladies. Thanks so much for having me. So I just want to comment really quickly that you have a really cool name because it sounds like Bruce Wayne. I think it's just the Wayne thing. It is That's a exactly name. what it is. It's a great name. Yep. And uh, we had Adam West as well, also one of the great Batmans. Ah, oh, yes. Right. So did your family plan this that way? Is that I've what they were doing? Just all the bases covered. Mm-hmm. All the bases are covered right now. Yep. Except I don't hang out in a very scary Batcave. I am dating a very, very pretty woman right now. So I've got my Vicky Vale at the moment. 
Nice. And I'm Joker. So here we go. But the <laughs> sad, super fucked up version. <laughs> I like Oh, <Ooh>, actually, <laughs> at one point, I want to talk about Adam and his dating life, if he's comfortable talking yeah. about that, because you do have an interesting story. And it's going to go hand in hand with what we're talking about on this call. Because as Kristen said, who is the other host of this show? As Kristen said... Thank you. <laughs> yes, for that one commenter out there. <laughs> Adam is my business coach and I have been working with him for the past few months. And if you have seen any changes in what I'm doing, it's because of him. <laughs> so just letting you know that he has had a huge impact on the way that I do business, but also the way that I communicate who I am to other people. And that's why I wanted him on this call. I wanted him to help us discuss vulnerability, how to get unstuck, and how to express who you are to other people. And that's me crying in the background, just for the record. I know. Who's crying? I know. Gosh. Yeah. So Adam, why don't you tell people a little bit about your background and how you are now an expert in the area of helping people become unstuck? Because I'm guessing at some point you were stuck. Oh, we all start out grappling with something, no matter what it is. So, you know, the top things that people struggle with are their health, their businesses, how to make more money, their meaning and purpose. And then what you guys talk about on a weekly basis, which is relationships, right? So if we were to break that down, what are we not really good at? We're not good at communicating with each other. There's misunderstandings that come up all the time. And we also resist that all the time. So like we know that something needs to change, but we don't want to do anything about it. It's because it doesn't feel good. Holla. Yeah, right. So oftentimes when you have something that just doesn't feel good, it's either really not good for you or it's your opportunity to level up. So as I've kind of looked at myself, like when I grew up, I had a different last name. So my last name wasn't Wayne. Oh, my middle name. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Now it's coming out. All right. Now it's coming out. Mm-hmm. So I had a funny last name. I, my parents moved a lot, and it wasn't because of the whole army brat. I don't like that. They were embarrassed of the last name. They were exactly. <laughs> so every three to five years, we had to just get out of town. It was too much. Yeah. As soon as someone's like, "Wait, what's your last name?" Uh-huh. You're like, "Oh, we gotta go." Yep. <laughs> After so many people laugh for a certain period of time, then it's like, "All right, we gotta cut tail. We gotta find a new." Look. What is the last name? I want to know. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Oh my I'll goodness. Okay. But. Okay. As a result of all these things, like what's one thing that you definitely didn't want to do when you guys were younger? So like Marnie, what did you not want to do when you were growing up? Homework. Homework. Okay. What about you, Kristen? What was one thing that you avoided like the plague, like the coronavirus, like COVID? Cleaning my room. Cleaning your room. Okay. Oh, me too. Yeah. Cleaning my my room. Everything. Getting out of bed, (sighs) talking to people. The list can go on and on. Okay. All right. I wish mine was cleaning the room. Yeah. So mine was class presentations. Yeah, more than a new last name. <laughs> exactly. With what? Class presentations. Oh, right. Okay. And if you look at like what people fear more than death, it's public speaking. Isn't that crazy? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've, yeah. I've heard yeah. that a lot. And it's just really unbelievable that you could. It's just crazy to me. Because I ridiculous. love public speaking. And I love dying. Who's afraid of either? Not me. I know. I was like, I thought you were going to say I love dying. I love death. What's Both. wrong with that? No, I know. That's crazy. So we're getting to the real stuff here. So we're going to learn how to get past death and how to get past public, public speaking. So we got everybody covered here. So okay. how how did you go, Kristen, from not liking public speaking to public speaking? And not let's not even talk that way, like talking with people at scale. Okay. So just to begin, I never really didn't like it, but I'll tell you how I became to love it. Let's do it. Okay. So I didn't fare well in school. I was bad at everything. I was bad at math and I was bad at art and I was bad at everything. 
So the one thing I thought I was good at was performing and being in front of people, but I didn't really feel confident with it until I was like 14 or 15. And for whatever reason, my school picked me and one other person to go to this statewide like oh, statewide yeah. student thing. I might've talked about it before, but basically it was two students from every single school in New York state or something to that extent. So there were like, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of kids there and you had to get up and do a presentation. And I got up and I killed it. And I never felt so high. I never had a better rush. I never had more confidence. And all of a sudden it showed me what I was good at in school. And you didn't know that ahead of time. You didn't have that feeling ahead of time. There wasn't that moment ahead of time, right? Not really. It was more like, I think I can handle this. Here we go. You know, and it was a surprise to me. Yeah, most, mostly a surprise. Can you remember how afraid you were potentially ahead of that? I was afraid mostly in regards to how much smarter everyone else was than I was. And so that made me feel very scared because I knew how bad at school I was. I knew I didn't get great grades. I was like a B minus student. And that's with effort for the most part. I mean, kind of effort. So I was very intimidated by the intelligence level. And it got me very, very, very intimidated. And I felt inferior. Okay. And then I didn't feel inferior the minute... I started doing well speaking. Okay. So that was all occurring in your head, right? Like it it may or may not have been true. I'd like to say not true, but that was all in your head, right? Yeah. So what was the story that you told yourself? I guarantee there's one. Oh, well, when you're in the moment, you don't really, I, I mean, I personally don't think you really have time to tell yourself a story, but I do think what you do is you start to feel lifted by the energy. So you quickly tell yourself a story of like, I'm and killing this. On the opposing side, on the opposing side, what was the story in your head before? Oh, I thought you meant to lift yourself up. The story before was all of these kids get really good grades. The fact that I was picked to come to this was a fluke. Maybe they couldn't find anyone else. I'm going to make a fool of myself. I don't belong here. The end. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Totally yeah. get it. Totally get it. So if we were to boil that down, so, so that has some content to it. But like, if we break it down to the context of it is that somewhere along the way, you learn that you weren't good enough. Mm -hmm. And that is absolutely false. Well, you're going to tell my mom, she still thinks I'm a loser. No, (laughs) depends on who you ask. Absolutely false. Absolutely (laughs) false. I'm not going to go there. Absolutely (laughs) false. And we learned that we learned that somewhere. So this is what we're dealing with. We're dealing with this awful landscape, right? Of these stories that pop up. And frankly, They never go away. We just get better at hearing them. And then we get better at doing something about it. So the quicker that you can call BS on that, the better you are. The longer that it goes, it gets bigger and bigger and bigger until you, and you had the decision not to do this pivotal moment in your life. So like, this was actually like a super huge, this sounds so minuscule of you showing up and kicking ass at this event, but like you had every opportunity not to do that. You could have faked a sickness, an illness. You could have come up with a a plethora of excuses, right? But you didn't. And so that's the difference, right? Like that's courage. And so like what I believe is that we're constantly moving forward through life with these opportunities, whether you want to level up, that's the, you know, what all these techie companies are talking about right now is leveling up. And it's basically just like, are you willing to go there or not? So like you guys being on this show, there's a lot of stuff that comes with this, right? And, and people that hear this, they don't take that into full appreciation of how hard it is for you guys to show up week after week after week coming up with something, 
right? And, and delivering and sharing with people and teaching people like that's really, really difficult, but you're doing it. And I'm sure that there was a moment before you even decided to do this from the get-go that was a make or break moment, right? Like you could phone it in. Like all three of us could have decided to get a cold today, right? And not show up. I think that every time before I do a podcast or before I do a session with somebody, I'm like, I hope they don't show up. I do every single time. It's crazy. Oh yeah. Like I do these banter sessions and I always send the text when we start, we start by text and I say, Hey, you all set? And the minute those bubbles pop up and they're typing, yes. I'm like, God damn it. (laughs) But then once we do it, I'm enjoying it and I'm glad I did it. Exactly. So that's your diving board moment, right? Like that's when you actually go up and every time I would go up to the diving board, you'd always think the same thing. So to get back to where we first started with this, so I I hated public speaking, avoided it all the time. So I missed all those opportunities. So Kristen, frankly, the fact that you like, you did that, you took that challenge and you showed up, like that is awesome because I got out of every single one of them every single time. And so when I was in high school, I turned to film because film is behind the camera, right? So that was so much easier. So I remember that I would go and I would negotiate with my teachers to not do the class presentation because I got C's on them because I was afraid. I stumbled over my words. I wouldn't be able to think. So I, I went up to my teachers and I said, hey, why don't I do a class presentation, but videotape it? How do you feel about that? And this was extra work, right? Like this was a student going above and beyond. So like, how could they say no? It was yeah. like a, a perfect persuasion technique. And so they, they bought into it. But over that time period, it was a coping mechanism, right? So the fact that I got out of it was a little bit ingenious in my part, right? Because I survived, but I didn't get through that thing, right? So that's the question is, do you want to show up or do you want to come up with interesting ways to get around it? So like, you know, we look at alcoholism, we look at sex addiction, we look at all these things, right, that people are doing to cope with what their lives are like, instead of just being like, yeah, I may look like a fool, but I'm probably not going to die. I'm going to show up anyway. I've heard that lazy people have crazy, great creative skills because they have to find ways around things because they're so lazy. Yeah. But imagine if they actually looked at something and was like, you know, I want to build a blank, right? I want to have a great relationship. I want to go start dating. I want to do these things, right? Like imagine if you did that and I get it why people don't. It's because like going from the bottom of a mountain to a top of a mountain, that is so intimidating. So really like we have to look at it and as are you ready to take one step, right? So one of the things that's great about what you guys do is that you guys give people actual next steps, right? It's not like, hey, have this great relationship. We're gonna talk about esoteric terms about how to date great women. And there's a lot of stuff that's out there, right? But you guys actually give people tangible next steps that they could implement. And the first time Marnie and I, we talked, she shared with me Osa, right? I mean, it's so ridiculously simple, right? It's like, don't come up with a line because that doesn't feel good to me. I'm sure it doesn't feel good to you guys as the receiving end of it. But who doesn't want to be acknowledged, right? And seen. And here's the thing that I've also learned is that, you know, every time I wanted that date to really work out, that's when it always didn't, right? But if I was just curious about you guys, wanted to know something like, like I saw you doing something. I saw a shirt that you were wearing. I saw you working on your computer. That's when something magical happened because it was totally mysterious. So really why I started getting into coaching is I started asking people why they were working on their computer at Starbucks. I am totally introverted. And so that was a step outside of my comfort zone to just inquire 
why are you here? You know, you're at the same place that I am. So like, we've got something going on so far. We're in the same realm as one another, but like, what are you doing? And I remember I was talking to this one woman and she had a great, great brand. It was very mission driven. She didn't care about making a billion dollars. She just wanted to serve and she had no idea what the next step was. So all she needed was an adjustment. She just needed a tiny little tweak to get her moving again. And that's what I'm finding all of us are missing. So like with the work that you guys are doing and the fact that you guys are showing up, like it might just be one thing that someone needs to get them up and running. And so I'd like to think that I adjust the lens. Like I will take a little of that confusion away. And it's so bizarre because like you guys, Kristen, you are your inner genius, right? Marnie, you are your inner genius. Like you already know what the right answer is. It's just something's in the way of it. And I, nine times out of 10, it's the story that you told me, Kristen. You know, it's like somewhere in the back of their head, whoever you learned that from, which is the first thing, or you were told. And frankly, they did you a huge disservice, whoever did that, right? So whether you observed oh, it- I- I have their head on a like a dartboard. Yeah, and I think I, I see it behind me right now. <laughs> There's always yeah. good ways to process that, and that that's one of them. It's going to yeah. go on my list of things to do to recommend to people. <laughs> dartboard, picture. So let's turn this to the audience that's listening. Right, these are guys who may have some doubts, may have some stories running in their head that either other guys are better than them, they're not good enough, or they are good enough, but they're not getting the women that they want. How do they start to adjust? their stories. And especially right now when they're stuck indoors, how did they... Stop ignoring this story. Stop ignoring it. Okay. Stop ignoring it. So that's the first thing. So the fact that you maybe say, hey, no, that's ridiculous. Like the fact that I'm feeling nervous right now, I'm above that. Like I'm a, I'm a billionaire. I'm a millionaire. I'm a blah, blah, blah. Date, an, I... uh, you fill in the blank, right? Like whatever they, th- whatever you think that you are, this is who we are as people. Right. We all get scared. We all have these things happening to us. We all have that story. So the first thing is just to name it. Right. It's just to say it. And frankly, saying it to somebody else is so much better. It's like, hey, this could be some something, you know, it's like if you're nervous, say you're nervous. Be like, hey, I'm a little, little nervous right now. This isn't normally like me. I'm just kind of excited to see you. I'm a little nervous right now. Cause like they're gonna think it and feel it, even if you don't say it. Like you'll do something weird. You'll start sweating. You'll start tripping over your language. You'll start doing any of that. And one of my friends is a magician and he teaches persuasion because he calls himself a master of deception. And so he always says, if they think it first, you lose. But if you say it first, you win. Mm, okay. So that is something that I've done my entire life, but in a negative way. So how do you spin that positively? Because when I did it as a kid, it was... If I make fun of myself first and I self-deprecate and I point out every single one of my flaws, then no one else can. And if they do, they can, but I have control over it. It's more of my power. So how do you change that where it's it's not self-deprecating and it's more empowering? Okay, so think about self-deprecating for the first thing, right? It's not necessarily a positive thing to self-deprecate. So uh, a friend of mine has, uh, has Tourette's, right? And he has tics. So one thing that he's been doing now, and and he's one of the people that I've been helping for a while, and he's also a good friend, but I I was telling him one day, I said, you don't seem to be ticking as much as, as you normally do. And this was after he said to a friend of mine, hey, I've got Tourette's, right? So he basically called that out, right? Now he didn't say, hey... I'm not as good of a person or or whatever you want to say, because I have this, because you will notice this, right? He was just like, hey, just want to let you know I've got Tourette's so I don't, and especially in this climate that we are in right now, like he will cough. 
So what happens is, is that he doesn't want people thinking that he's got COVID-19. So instead, he's just like, hey, you know, if, if you hear me cough, if you hear me, if, if you see my head shake, it, it's just because <laughs> I've got Tourette's. So it's so funny how COVID is that bad that Tourette sounds more appealing. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Did you see that? The GIF or what? I don't know. You know what it's like? The, just a picture that came up on Facebook. With a statement on it, whatever it's called. But it said, I mean, I, mean, I, used, to, I used to cough to cover up my farts and have my fart to cover up my cough. Nice. <laughs> it's That's so funny. true. <laughs> it's so true. That's hilarious. That's no, but you're absolutely right. Like calling something out alleviates so much pressure from within. And then after a while, you you don't need it because then your, your body's used to being more comfortable because you're okay with it getting out there. So Kristen, to get back to what you were saying then about doing it, the question is like, are you supporting a story that you don't want about your life? Right. So like if you feel like you're not as intelligent as somebody else in the room, because you brought that up in the beginning, right? Which I do not believe for one second, right? I've heard you on the show and you are super, super intelligent. But if you say that, right, then does that support the story of you being not intelligent? So that's where you can get into some messy territory. So my mentor, who I was so lucky came into my life, he said, you have to take a hundred percent responsibility for everything you say and everything that you do as much as you possibly can. Obviously, like there's a whole realm of things that are outside of your possibility. But if you're going to call yourself stupid as a joke for some reason, right? Does that make you or reinforce that story about yourself? Versus, you know, just kind of like calling something out. Like there's a whole realm of topics that can be funny, but self-deprecating, right? Like I'm connected to my dog at the hip, right? I love her so much. So that might be something that I call out, but I wouldn't say it in terms of her being a negative in my life. It must just be like, yeah, hey, I know my dog's on my lap right now. Like, I love her to death. And something like that, right, that doesn't support... Because if I start saying that I hate my dog or I'm negative towards my dog, that's going to change some dynamic, right? Like, I'm going to see it differently. Yeah, you're going to have PETA on the phone. I'm going to have PETA on my phone. Uh, <laughs> she's going to feel it. I'm going to have little biscuits that I'm going to wake up to and I'm going to step on. I mean, this is going to go into terrible, terrible territory. So that that's the question, right? Is like, how do you support that? So you basically give air to the story, right? You're like, hey, I see you. I got you. Yep, mm -hmm. you're with me. But the thing is not to give it anymore. So, and, and frankly, like if someone laughs at it, that's a dopamine burst, right? So like if someone, if you make a joke about being stupid and someone else laughs at that, then do they agree that I'm stupid? Like, are they reinforcing that even more now? Because now you're all confused. You're like, I just called myself something and they laughed at it. Is that right. really who I am? So that's the question, right? Of like, we're always trying to figure out who we want to be. And so for like all the guys that are out here, right? You want to go out there and find great, high quality women. You don't want to walk up to somebody being like, hey, I suck. Somebody else is so much better than me. They never date me. All that doesn't support who you want to be. It supports who you think you are. And that's a bunch of bullshit. Right. But if you think it's bullshit, then how do you start to think it? So um, I'm gonna, before you answer that question, I want to say that I, I had done work with a different coach who kind of ended up being crazy, to be honest. But before she was crazy, she did some wonderful work with me. And she had me noticed by Gremlin. And that this exercise of noticing your Gremlin is inside a couple of my programs, actually. I think she noticed hers and then... Exactly. Well, she got upset when I didn't want to work with her anymore because I was happy. And she's <laughs> like, oh, this is why people leave you all the time. And this is why people... Anyway, it's just a little bit crazy. But she had given me the assignment of noticing my gremlin. There was this whole book 
attached to the concept of noticing your gremlin, which I got halfway through. But she had said, when you go home tonight, look in the mirror and say to yourself, I'm going to notice my gremlin tomorrow. Brushing your teeth. I'm going to notice my gremlin tomorrow. But whatever it was, the, the whole process before bed repeated over and over again. And I was like, think, feeling so stupid saying, I'm going to notice what my gremlin is tomorrow. And the next <laughs> morning I woke up and I went to go brush my teeth. And I, I swear to God, there was a little gremlin that I saw sitting on top of my faucet. And it looked like Estelle from Friends, the smoking agent, who kept saying, like, you're not good enough. This, like, weird little green gremlin. I was like, oh, my God, that's the thing that's, like, saying that to me? What the hell does this little thing know? And so, you know, if, if, if you can't just notice, like, what Adam is saying, if you want to put some visual to it, that is a very helpful tool for attaching a visual to it. Because once you have that visual and you see who it is that's whispering in your ear, you're like, screw you, gremlin. Like, you're a nothing. Shut up. When you can get that thing to quiet down, that's when you can start moving forward more positively. But I do want to go back to the question that I asked of how do you believe those things about yourself if you don't believe those things about yourself? Like, how do you slowly adjust that story? You have to start telling yourself a new story. So if no one else is going to do it for you, you have to start telling yourself that. So if it's as little as I'm smart, I'm intelligent, Or you could look at something that you did, right? The fact that you guys have this podcast, like you could look at yourselves right now and be like, hey, we've created this podcast. We're sharing great information with people. We're growing right now. Like this is badass. Well, (laughs) I'm going to tell you that anyway. I'm not going to go there. But like you could be telling yourself, hey, this is a badass accomplishment. This is amazing what I'm doing. I'm showing up regularly to do this. Like this is amazing. Yeah. Other people might be bigger. And that's the other thing. Here comes the like the usually comes up the comparison gremlin, right? So now Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, you know, Tim Ferriss is blank or Joe Rogan is blank, right? Like all these other things, but it doesn't matter. You guys are showing up. You guys are dealing with that thing, right? So it could be just as simply as telling yourself one thing. So there's a lot of great sayings that are out there. A friend of mine uses a term. He says, hey, I'm a receiving machine. Okay, so like a lot of people say the, the whole law of attraction portion of it, right? Where you're like, hey, I'm, I'm a money-making monster. I'm a, I, I destroy my sales goals, whatever it may be. But he always says, hey, I'm a receiving machine. And what he does is every single time that he says that, it might be like when the UPS guy shows up. Like you bought it on Amazon, you knew it was showing up, but you looked at that and you're like, hey, I'm a receiving machine. When I go to my coffee shop and if I happen to get a free coffee, since I sit there for hours and hours on end on, on sometimes when I do my work and I want to, I can focus really well in those environments. Sometimes they'll give me the mistakes. You know, th- there's nothing wrong with it, but somebody ordered almond and not oat or, or something like that. And they'll just, they'll just be like, Hey, Adam, do you want this? And so the, immediately I say to myself, I'm a receiving machine. So if I think that I'm not worthy of getting something, like I just got something like it maybe wasn't a truckload of money, but it still was pretty awesome. And it was very delightful. I mean, a free coffee is Free good. coffee is awesome. A latte, an oat latte, yeah, fantastic. Exactly. So now the question That's is- It's like $12. I know, seriously. <laughs> so now if you look at the flip yeah. side to it, then do you start expecting it, right? So this is the other side of it. So do you start expecting that that's going to show up? Because when you don't expect anything, that's when there's no negative energy associated with it. Now, let's look at like sex or anything in a relationship, right? Like you start expecting sex from your partner or expecting that your date's going to head in that direction. Train wreck, right? Like you guys are the experts on that. That never goes well. But if you stay curious about that person and if you think, hey, 
this might only last for two hours, but I'm going to be really curious. I'm really going to be interested in this and I'm going to be fully present with this person. I'm not going to be checking my phone. I'm not going to be thinking about like, you know, what other dates that I've got lined up. Like I'm here and I'm here with you guys. And this is how I'm with you guys right now. And this is how you guys are. Like we're here together. We're not multitasking. We're not doing other things. So we don't exactly know where this is all going to head with what we're talking about, but I'm here with you guys. You guys are here with me. And that's like all the best dates that I've ever had were that. So the other day I was watching a documentary on Woody Allen and I love him. I can obviously agree. He has maybe some perversion issues. Uh, Who knows? I don't know, but it doesn't make him any less funny. Genius. Genius. And so Diane Keaton, who starred in like 90% of his movies, said that when she first met him and for a long time, all she tried to do was get his approval. So she would do things that she thought he would like and dress a certain way and try to look a certain way. And she said, and he never really just fell for me. And he ended up marrying like other people. But that really stuck out to me. She wasn't 14. It was challenging for her. (laughs) Exactly. That's all another story. She was six. Right, exactly. 14 or so. So I had to really let that permeate my skin because I notice when I do like a guy or I like somebody or I have respect for somebody, I go out of my way to try to do things that I think they'll like, but then you don't end up getting them just the way Diane Keaton didn't end up getting Woody Allen. No, because you're not being yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And and they already are them. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so then the question comes, right? Because that's obviously not working for you. So the question is, why are you trying to be a different version of yourself, right? Like, where does that come from? And and you learn that again, like we don't have to go back to the specific element, but you just have to go back and say, I learned that from somebody, somebody either told me that or I observed it and it's no longer true anymore. Like if someone back in your day, and, and this is usually formative, right? Like this is usually kind of like the up to six-year-old type of thing. And this is where we do a lot of our learning because we're absorbing so much, right? We're absorbing all that and it's getting really cemented into your personality. So if you can go back and be like, yeah, I survived because I was like everybody else. This is where the imposter syndrome comes from. And I am a reformed imposter syndrome. So like it will always be a part of my personality, but I always need to watch out for it. So it's something that will be there. And so since I moved around so much, the easiest thing to do whenever I moved to a new state, a new school system or whatever was to mirror everybody else. So if you're mirroring everybody, you're never being yourself because now what you like isn't cool anymore. Like what was on the East Coast is no longer cool on the West Coast and vice versa. So how do you create those relationships? And frankly, if you can stand up on your own and be like, this is what I am, this is who I am, this is what I like, that's what people are actually drawn to. But somewhere in the back Mm -hmm. of my head, it was the loneliness part of it. It was having, you know, struggles finding friends. But even to this day, I really need to watch out for, do I care how much that they like me? And yeah, I'm not trying to be a dick at any time, but like, because that's not who I am. That's not my personality. But like, am I trying to be overly nice? And frankly, I know I did it because I get home and I am exhausted. Like, I'm so tired. I want to sleep for like seven hours. And it was because of all the energy. So if we look at like this stuckness, right? Like all this bullshit that we get ourselves into, like how much energy are you putting out to stay in that place, right? Versus just being like, hey, I'm a little nervous right now. You're super pretty. 
you're hotter than your profile. Like I'm just, I'm caught off right now. Like I'm super excited to be here with you. How much better is that than being like, Hey, I need to, I need to suppress all this. I need to sound like a really smooth guy that never works. And it's never fun, never fun. And it's exhausting. No. And I'm going to take a quick break really quick, 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 quick. And then you'll come back and you'll say, we have to. So we'll be back in one, maybe two minutes. (laughs) Okay. As I told you on Twitter, I'm finally doing something about my weight and my health. I found a solution for weight loss and it's Awaken 180. My friends in the media told me about Awaken 180. It's their go-to program to lose weight without killing yourself in the gym or taking any kind of medication. Just listen to the success stories. My boy, Kyle Draper, he dropped 30 pounds. Andy Grish dropped 105. And that's not it. Scott Zolak, Steve Logan, Dan Reeves, Dr. Laura R. Carmen, and add Cedric Maxwell to the list. It's only been about three weeks and I've already dropped about 15 pounds. Turn these trying times into a reason to get healthy like me. Call Awaken. Receive the same one-on-one coaching I'm getting at home or on Skype. Also access 1,000 recipes and tools you need to weight loss from the company who has revolutionized the weight loss industry. Set up your first consultation today at awaken180weightloss.com. All right, Kristen, we are back. Please tell me what you were going to say. I'm sorry that I cut you off. I forgot. No, I did not forget. When you take a look at all the people that you admire or people in the limelight, what you notice about most of those people, I think the common thread is that they're all mostly authentically themselves. And so that's what draws people to people when you're authentic and when you're honest. You don't have to be the coolest or the smoothest. And uh yeah. 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 Well, which leads me to, to the next thing that I did want to talk about, which is vulnerability, which is basically what we've been talking about the entire time. But I'd love to hear Adam's definition of what it really means to be vulnerable, vulnerable in a relationship and also vulnerable with yourself. Yeah. So I, I think of it as you align with with what truly makes you happy, right? Well, like what lights you up. So you're not trying to be something other than somebody else. So we, we kind of talk about that in a different way, right? So for example, if you're being overly nice or overly in, energetic about something, like are you actually doing that because you're trying to be liked and you think that that's what's going to get you that outcome? Or are you just really excited? So it's it's kind of a different. It's who are you actually showing up being? Like if you're nervous, are you doing the opposite? Are you trying to be really smooth because you're trying to contain that, right? And if you look at some of the concepts out there, like letting go, letting go is so vague. And so many people talk about that. They're like, oh, Kristen, just, just let go of that. Marnie, th- that's ridiculous. Just let go of that. Well, what does that actually mean? And it means that you're basically not fighting it anymore. You're not trying to do the opposite of it, right? So like, if you're nervous, be nervous. And this is the thing, again, that we were never taught. Being angry is actually just fine. It's just fine. So if you're angry, be angry. Now, there's a whole... Unless it's at me. Uh, well, of course. Obviously, <laughs> Don't send me an email. Obviously. We'll, we'll stay there. But like, okay. if you then pick up your computer or your iPhone and then chuck it across the room, right? Eh, maybe not such a good idea, right? Like, go out for a run, process it, right? But it's not avoiding it. It's just like, even saying to somebody, I am so angry right now. I just need to leave your site and I'm going to come back. And this is the other thing that I find to be really helpful for myself in a dating context. And I even mentioned this with the woman that I'm dating right now. 
I said, this is how I want our first fight to go. And I want us to say when we're going to come back together. So say we've got a disagreement, a miscommunication, which is going to happen, right? It's going to be the first thing that like, that pops the honeymoon bubble, right? It's that first moment. I said, okay, if we need like 15 minutes, we say we need 15 minutes. If at the end of 15 minutes, not working, then we say, hey, let's come back in four hours. And then we meet up almost like an appointment, right? If we're not cool in four hours, then say, hey, tomorrow morning, 8 a.m., let's check in. And until that's ready to be handled, it's ready to be talked about, right? But I know that for me, and this is me moving around a lot, this is all the the stories, right? So I, I looked at it as the other way. So if I don't see somebody, wonder if they're ever coming back. I almost feel like my dog. Like, I wonder if she thinks I'm ever coming back, right? So I will initially think, oh my God, we're done. This is, this is a story that goes on in my head. So I wanted to get ahead of that. And so instead of letting that run rampant, because now I'm not processing it, I'm not sitting there thinking, what was my part to play in this? And what responsibility can I bring to the table and, and potentially apologize to, which 90% of the time is going to be what it comes down to is what do I need to apologize for? But at that moment, I'm not thinking about that. I'm thinking about, are we even together anymore? It's just the crazy shit that goes on in my head. So at least if I know that we're going to connect at two o'clock, at eight o'clock, at whatever, until it's resolved, now I can actually sit there and I can process it. Yeah, I can, I can actually sit there and be mm-hmm. like, all right, how did you fuck up? What did you do? What did you say? What did you not see coming, right? Like maybe there was something that happened and, and there was this, this really great little thing that happened between us and I didn't take her into consideration at this particular moment. I basically asked if I could help. She said yes. And then I walked out of the room. I grabbed my iPad and I started writing on something. I felt like I needed to write on something. And then she kind of came back to me. She goes, that really bothered me. I sat there and I was like, huh, yeah, that would have really pissed me off too. If somebody said, hey, can I help? And, And then the agreement happens and then you check out and you go somewhere else. So I was actually, I was in a good place to handle that. But like, if that had turned into something, I would want it to have been like, hey, let's check in in a couple hours. Like that would have been so supportive. And so I just shared with her, I said, this is super important to me. This is what I need because I want to come back to you and own my role. And this is how I know I can get back into that. So like with whatever goes on in my life, whenever I can set that, it's not like a a boundary per se. It's more just like a, this works really well for me. It's it's your instruction manual. It's my instruction manual. how you work. Yeah. So, so my husband and I learned that in couples counseling as well. And it was something that I always craved, but I didn't know that it was a, such a necessity for me. And it's not something that my husband does on his own. And one thing to piggyback on what you're saying is like, as wonderful as it is to express your own need, it's difficult to get somebody else who doesn't have that same need to give that to you when they're triggered. So <laughs> in the first few times that we started practicing this, we would get into an argument and and my husband would leave the room and be like, you didn't say five minutes. You didn't say five minutes. And he's like, and he'd come out and go, I'll be five minutes. <laughs> and then he would, he would try it. And it's, you know, it's getting easier for us to do it. But I, I have found that for us, me in my head saying now that he needs five minutes is much more helpful because we've had that conversation when we calm down that he's, he, he can't spit those words out sometimes. So just even acknowledging it when you have a calm moment, which is like what you guys did, which is wonderful. You're not arguing, but you're, you're preparing 
for when you do. And you're both sane so you can let each other know what your true intentions are at that time. And that's also really helpful. If you're triggered, you're absolutely insane. Oh, and literally insane. So like, how on earth are you getting anywhere at that moment? Like you are gone, right? You are absolutely gone. And when you're triggered, you can't be like, oh, I'm just going to go meditate for a little while. Like That's not going to work. It's yeah. not going to work at all. Like no. that's where you need to go out and scream into a pillow, go for a walk, go get somewhere else. Tony Robbins always talks about changing your physical state, right? Like going somewhere. Like if you're really, really intensely triggered, you're not going to be able to talk yourself out of it. And no one is. And frankly, mm-hmm. it's just going to piss you off even more to do that. So at least yeah. if you said, hey, I'm going to come back in a little while. I'm going to be not in it, not later today, not like sometime, like I'll talk to you later, right? And then hang up the phone. It's like, I will talk to you in two hours. I need to go right now. That's super healthy, super healthy. And like all... And that's vulnerable. That's totally vulnerable to be like, I can't handle this right now. I mean, that is such a good thing to do with somebody. And then if we look at like the flip side of it, that's like when it's really bad right? If we look at the other side of it, escaping the guy who wrote uh, Chicken Soup for the Soul. Oh, I forget. Uh, it's killing yeah. me. It's going to bother me this whole time. But he does a check-in with his team every single day. And he's like, hey, can you rank our relationship on a scale of one to 10? And if it's not a 10, how can I make it a 10? Now, it doesn't mean that he's going to, right? Like, it doesn't mean like, I'm going to change my personality. I'm going to be a totally, I'm going to do all these crazy things for you. But he's at least open to it. And this is something that I've been noticing that in my own personal dating life is huge because again, the story in your head after a while is I'm not good enough. They're going to find somebody else, all these things. So like everything that you shared with us in the beginning, Kristen, like all that's going to keep coming out in a different form, right? Like the story is going to be the constant. It's just going to show up in a relationship or a business opportunity or whatever. So it doesn't matter. So like if somebody says that they want to grow their business, well, actually you've got a different issue that you're dealing with. It's not that you're not smart enough. There's a guy by the name of Derek Sivers and he said, you know, there's not a shortage of information out there. If it was, then like we'd all be billionaires and have apps if that was really a solution. But it's really like the follow through. It's did you actually do these little tiny things? So like a check-in with the person that you care about. Who would have thought, right? And then acknowledging your story. So like going back to what you said about the gremlin, Marnie. Yeah, awareness is like the pinnacle. Like if you can see it as it's happening, you look at somebody like Deepak Chopra and Deepak Chopra talks a lot about the observing mind. So does Eckhart Tolle, right? Who wrote The Power of Now. It's like, can you observe yourself doing these things? Well, I wanted to comment on uh, the name dropping. Ooh, I read books. Ooh, look at me. I'm a reader. Ooh. <laughs> okay, Brian. <laughs> well, we've got some time on our hands now. All right, now. Adam, first with off, whatever your last <laughs> name exactly. is. Exactly. <laughs> I know, we still haven't got to that yet. But like, if you can watch what this is actually happening. So like, sometimes it's in hindsight. Sometimes you have to do a really bad postmortem, right? Like what we're doing right now in this country is we're going to have to figure out like how we screwed up this pandemic, right? In the moment, we can do a lot of things. So like in this small little tiny example of what happened with the person that I'm dating, I was able to do that pretty real time, right? But like, sometimes you got to kind of come back to it and be like, what really didn't work there? What was that? Okay. So I have a question for guys. This is from guys Mm -hmm. who are listening. I can tell they're thinking it. How do they pinpoint what that is, what that wrong thing is that they're doing or that story? Because I have guys who send me their profile. And to me, it's very clear what they're doing wrong. And Marnie has the same thing. We know from the outsider's perspective, 
how do you get an outsider's perspective without having an outsider's perspective on what you're doing wrong? If you really just can't see it yourself. That is one of the hardest things to do is to see yourself. So like the questions of like, what do you want to do with your life? What lights you up? What's your purpose? Uh, I'm going to get back to what you said, but like, those are all the things that we start asking ourselves is like, what are we really good at? Why do you even like me? These things happen over and over and over again. And to a certain extent, like you need a mirror. And I like to think that it wasn't the case, but you really need a mirror. You need somebody like you, Kristen, or you, Marnie, to be like, all right, I just heard everything that you said. This is all the garbage over here on the right. These are the diamonds over here on the left. That's who you actually are. But like all this other stuff. And I'm sure that you've had these conversations with friends or significant others where you're like, did you just hear what you just said? Did you hear that? And you'll just go by it like a freight train, right? Like you'll totally miss that happen. So I guess if you're willing to take me up on my challenge of being responsible for what you say, what you do, then you'll think about it. Like I have some friends where you just, you look back and you're like, do you know the words that just came out of your mouth? Did you just hear that? Did you just hear how you called yourself a blank, that you said that you'd never get blank, how you'd fail at blank, how you'd never succeed at blank? Like, did you just hear that? And oftentimes you won't. So when you kind of kick off this little journey, it's like, Marnie, what you were talking about with the gremlin, like, you got to kind of like say, yeah, I'm in, I'm ready. I want to know what's going on. So you invited the gremlin in. And then with Kristen, with, with you saying, hey, I'm going to look at that story. And now I'm going to do something with it. Like you at least have to be willing to be like, all right, the story exists. I'm not going to push it away anymore. Right. Well, Kristen talks a lot about associations. So an exercise for you, Kristen, and for other people listening is because I'm sure that when you decide to potentially do something, you have four or five reasons that you tell yourself why you can't do those things. So I'm wondering if an exercise for you would be to stop your brain and draw some correlations between the new story you want to tell yourself and the excuses that you're making to try to at least reverse things a little bit and get you to be in a very present state where you're self-coaching yourself. It's wonderful to have a coach. And if you can afford it, it's absolutely amazing. Like things happen for you 20 times faster. If not in like one session, you, you can transform things by somebody pointing out one simple thing to you. And that's happened to me before. I'm going to give you one of my favorite questions. Yeah. This is awesome. Anybody can do it. And it's so revealing. Just look at your life, whatever it is, uh, like pick an area, like just say, hey, I want to think about my career, business, whatever it is, right? So just think about that. Just ask yourself one question. The question is, are you coping or are you thriving? That's it. Yeah. Okay. So if you're coping, if you're an actress or an actor... Are those terms used? It's actor is is interchangeable. Is it right? Yeah, I think it's actor is interchangeable. Yeah. Okay. I'm not offended by it. Okay. (laughs) Me neither. There we go. So if you're if you're that right, like, are you going out on auditions? Like, are you actually doing the work? And if you look at anybody who you respect, they did a ton of work. It didn't just fall out of the sky. Like, Yeah. yeah, there are always the occasions or the exceptions to the rule. But like, are you coping? Like, are you actually being honest and showing up? Or are you thriving? Are you killing it right now? And that might not be the area that you need to work on. Like for me, I stopped dating. So like all I felt was loneliness, lack of companionship. I felt kind of bored. 
I was tired of going on vacations. I, I was very comfortable. I got to the state where I was very comfortable going to say, see a movie by myself, like no problem, no judgment, no anything. But after a while, I'm like, damn, that would have been really fun to share that with somebody else, you know, a significant other, not just a friend. So I then found myself to that question and like, yeah, I'm coping. Like, I just find it easy. I don't even buy a ticket with somebody else in mind. I'm just like, I'm going to go see blank and I'm going to do it on my own. Or am I thriving, right? Like, am I just killing it with that? So that is such an easy first question to be honest with yourself. And if you'll actually answer that, honestly, that will start you on the road to being like, all right, well, if my health is that piece, am I coping or am I thriving? Maybe you want to make one change. And this is the other mistake that people make is now I'm going to throw out all my food. I'm going to go cold turkey vegan and screw meat, right? Well, that's going to last you a day. And then after that, you're going to be like, I really want a brownie and I really want whatever. So then it's like making small incremental changes. And this is where people also screw up is like going from zero to hero. Well, you can sustain that for like a couple days. But like, if you wanted to start out using the actor analogy, like, okay, great. So you want to be on TV. Well, do you even have an agent? Do you even have headshots? Do you? And this is where if you look at like some methodologies, like getting things done by David Allen or any of these other productivity guys, right? It all starts out with like a baby step with breaking right. it into steps i'm gonna interrupt breaking you my battery is about to die again we just talked too much and we wasted 10 minutes trying to set this up because technology sucks but adam that was fantastic i want you to tell people where they can get in contact with you if they do want some assistance in getting unstuck yeah because you have unstuck me you did everything so and that that's the other well, thing like yeah. anybody <laughs> anybody that wants to take credit for it like i really love showing somebody what they don't see that's what I totally dig. So like anybody... No, no, that? Bad joke, bad no. joke, bad joke. Oh, no, I know, I just, just tell people, just tell people in case my computer shuts off because literally yeah. I'm at 5%. So tell people where to get in. I, I know, it's all yeah, me. No, Trust I, me. Yeah. I'm, I've pat myself on the back every day. I'm amazing. Absolutely amazing. Nailing it. <laughs> yeah, so if, if anybody has a question or wants some, some support, you can just go to ask adamaquestion.com and uh, let me know what you're going through. I want to know where you're succeeding, where you're not succeeding. Like knowing how people are doing great is just as fun as knowing what they want to do and know that there is a path forward no matter what. If you want to find that great person, you guys are listening to the right people right now because they'll help you guide you there. If there's something else, I'm happy to help. Amazing. And Kristen? All right. And now I'll just end up with the last name. Oh, what's the last name? What was the last name? <laughs> We're going to have to do that on the next one. Uh, All right. Well, if you guys want to ask me a question, kristenandchill.com and get some banter help. And I can point out what you're doing wrong if you need that mirror. Yeah. And, and Kristen just did a great live on Facebook with me this morning, which for you would be two weeks ago, listening for people who, li- who are listening. And if you want to continue seeing the Facebook Lives that I do every Thursday, including the amazing one with Christian on how to write an amazing opening line to somebody, then just purchase one of my programs and that will give you free access to my private Facebook group that has about 500 guys in it right now, which is pretty cool. But yeah, so just purchase a program, write to support and say, I bought a program for $7, for $20, for $90. I want access. And then you get access to a, a live instruction from an expert like Kristen. You guys are awesome. We'll see you next week. 